I promise when you put it up and you see that yoke, you can't do nothing but get your roll on. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Easy. He jumped that side of me. How about a oot oot? He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's hot! It's Greg Lewis! Touchdown! Sunday, November 20th, and Ryan Lundin, what time did you turn off the game? Did you watch the entire game? I watched until triple zero on the clock, watched wow. the whole thing. I moved it from the TV to the phone. So I was mostly watching the phone, little red zone mixed in, but um, after the Pollard touchdown, not a half, I was. Uh, I moved it to the phone. I said, I don't think that the magic is is happening today. So unfortunately, the Vikings moved to eight and two. More unfortunately, Kirk Cousins was it 39 games um touchdown streak has ended um one of the great streaks of our time and yeah the final score doesn't matter um but it was it was rough uh the vikings have moved to eight and two and what if you could pinpoint one thing what was the biggest reason that the vikings lost today and lost in um pretty dominant fashion Oh, I would say the one thing was physicality um, across the board. The the Vikings got blown up. Their offensive line got blown up, and their defensive line got blown back. And it uh, it it you I don't know what to chalk it up to. Um, I'm not going to try and make. I'll make plenty of excuses for this team, but um, that's what they're going to be as excuses. So this this game from the start looked bad. Um, I will say. I did watch the whole game. Um, I spent a lot of the fourth quarter and part of the third quarter doing some retail therapy, doing some online shopping. But um, yeah, this this Vikings team was physically outmatched in their their showdown with um, Dallas today. Yeah, there's there's certainly the. I mean, we talked about it on the pod last week after that crazy win. Like, if there's going to be a letdown, we can expect it to be this week. You know, I hope whenever the time is, whether it's this year or another year when the Vikings are making a Super Bowl run, they better not win a playoff game in dramatic fashion because we know what happens the week after um, between the Minneapolis Miracle leading into the NFC Championship and then today after, you know, probably the most dramatic Vikings win since the Miracle, um, a similar um, kind of no-show. I do think, I'm not going to say the Vikings would have won had a play or two gone differently, but I do think that this was a game that kind of got out of hand at the beginning and then it just snowballed and had two plays come to mind the so i'll give the the cowboys the the strip sack on the first drive right like that's michael parsons that's you know a great play by him but you hold him to three then the vikings have a really nice drive on offense they drive all the way down the field into the red zone and i don't have the summary pulled up but i know you know, on second down, on first down, Dalvin runs for about seven yards. So we get to second and three from like inside the 10, right? Um, second down, Kirk hits TJ in the corner for what should be a touchdown. And he drops it. Um, should be a touchdown. Great throw by Kirk. He's got to catch that. Like we like TJ, but that's got to, we need, that's what he needs to do if he's going to, you know, be what we hope he's going to be. 
So if you score a touchdown there and, you know, third down, he goes to TJ again um, and a little tougher throw, a little outside of him and, and everything else. And they kick a kick a field goal. Um, we're going to talk about the game plan a little more in Kevin O'Connell. I would like to run there, but if, if Hawkinson catches that ball, the Vikings go up seven, three, and then I don't know if it was the next drive or another drive or the following drive, but the other big play that comes to mind is that Darius Smith has Dak Prescott for a 10 plus yard sack and just isn't able to, to bring him down for whatever reason. And he escapes and ends up with like no gain to, um, to a yard, you know, give or take, and then they continue with their drive. So a couple of plays there where I just feel like the, if they had kept it within reach and, and it would have been more of a back and forth game, this may have been, certainly wouldn't have been, you know, 40 to three, but I'm not saying the Vikings would have won. You're right about the physicality, but it's one of those where a couple plays don't go your way to start. And then, I mean, it's a lack of resilience by the Vikings, but that's, you know, kind of what led to, I think, a disastrous result. Yeah, I would say the um, <clears throat> those two plays you mentioned, the TJ drop, he had two drops. Um, back to back there and then the Zadarius sack where it seemed like Dak just surprised him that he was where he was and no wasn't him, ready yeah. yeah ready to make a tackle um, those two plays really I would say set the game up for about as bad of a game script as the Vikings could have got into and as good of a game script as the Cowboys could have got into the way these teams are are kind of set up um Roster-wise, talent-wise, where they where they spend their resources, Dallas is very much set up to get ahead early, run the ball, and then rush the passer um, against the team that that's trying to come back. And that's what they did today. This is the first time in Kirk's career he's been sacked seven times, um, and he didn't even play the fourth quarter. So, yeah. And I know, I mean, people are going to point to, you know, the Cowboys blew a 14-point fourth quarter lead to one of the worst teams in the NFL last week. But um, (laughs) they're definitely a team, you know, that was without Zeke and everything else. So they're definitely a team that the advantage is pointing to them when they have a lead like this. And I think the biggest thing for me, if I have a thesis statement for my feelings after this game is I'm writing this game off and I still believe in the Vikings and we'll see you on Thursday where, you know, we're on to new England, but the one thing I want to be critical about from this game is Kevin O'Connell and less the like emotional, like response to last week. Cause I think, I mean, there's only so much he can control that, but I just think that the game plan was flawed and, pretty reliant on getting ahead. It seemed like, I mean, as evidenced by taking the ball out of the, off the kickoff, off the um, coin toss and saying, you know, we want the ball and we're going to score. You go three and out, actually you turn the ball over and give the, you know, right back to Dallas. I think that they were not prepared for a game script that went, that didn't go their way in the first, you know, in the first quarter and the opening, even two possessions of the game. So I think that that's, bad coaching to like depend on I know that they've scored a touchdown almost every game every game in the first drive but to assume that or depend on that is against one of the top defenses in the NFL right right I think that that's where there may be a little bit of an assumption of this is how we're going to be able to operate when this is life in the NFL and sometimes things aren't going to go 
as you planned. So what do you do after that happens? And you can't prepare for losing your left tackle, right? And we should say, Christian Derrissaw had another concussion today, and who knows what that looks like. Apparently, they followed the protocol well. The one, the only thing I can really say on that, I'm not going to, you know, be looking over the doctor's shoulders or anything, but if he is a potential franchise left tackle, then his career is more important than anything this season as far as concussions go. So I know he's not going to play Thursday, whatever that looks like. He's a, he's one of the best players on the team, probably the second best player on offense right now. He's your franchise cornerstone on the offensive line and multiple concussions in that short of time is very concerning. So, you know, whatever they have to do, they have to be thinking, this is where you have to be thinking beyond even this season, but hopefully he can, you know, hopefully he can get back and, you know, we saw it with two or whatever else. So, um, but yeah, what do you think about the game plan kind of going into this game? And like you said, falling behind against a team that is great at running the ball and rushing the passer. Yeah, I think um, it's hard to say because the, the game plan I feel like probably was very hard to follow being that you planned on scoring, like you said. Um, But I think you maybe have to just get into a mindset where regardless of, of how you want the game plan to go, you still do what's, what's best for your team in the long run. And, and I don't know if that is, you know, deferring your choice to the second half. Obviously you go three and out and turn the ball over. Um, That's not in the game plan. And that's, detrimental to anything but I just think the Vikings were able to get a stop after they turned the ball over um, and whether that would have directly correlated to them kicking off to start the game and where the Cowboys got the ball kind of towards down the red zone if the Vikings got a stop right away you would have got the crowd into the game kick the ball back to or punt the ball Vikings take their first drive, go down and score, whether it's the field goal that happened or whatever. And that the crowd would have just been a much different factor in the game. Maybe that was the plan and and you just couldn't score right away. But that was my, one of my biggest questions for you is, was this game more of an indication on the talent disparity between the Cowboys and Vikings, or was this just a uh, coaching misstep by Kevin O'Connell and, he got got by a very experienced coach um, in Mike McCarthy. And so you kind of answered that, but to take it a step further is I'm guessing you're going to say coaching. Is that more of an, is that more of an, um, does that make you feel better about the rest of the season or worse being the, you got out coached? Yeah. I think that you got out coached, but it's also a number of factors such as, a team coming in who just blew a 14 point fourth quarter lead and is, you know, a little bit more desperate to stay in their, their division race and everything else. And a team who is two games away from clinching their division, who just won an emotional overtime game on the road and is, you know, kind of the talk of the town nationally, whether, you know, even though the talk of the town isn't all, believing in them necessarily. So (laughs) I think that that plays into it too. And yeah, I mean, there's been a few games I feel like where Kevin O'Connell has seemed to whatever game plan he had coming into the week, 
didn't work and then he had to adjust in the game and the Vikings have managed to make those adjustments and win. The problem today was you don't have Dalvin Tomlinson and the Cowboys are running the ball down your throat for the entire first half. And they go, you know, when I thought that they were really in trouble was, you know, the Cowboys respond after the Vikings field goal drive with a nice touchdown drive of their own. And I was like, you know, okay, you know, it's going to be a bit more of a shootout than we expected, but you know, let's go. But then the Vikings end up punting quickly. And then, then there was the seven and a half minute, almost eight minute drive by the Cowboys then when they only got a field goal, but it was just run, run the ball, run the ball. And it felt like for the entire first half, we were talking, we're like, has Dak even made a throw in this entire game? Like, you know, he was, and even the throws you're making were screens or little, you know, flare outs to the, to a receiver or something like that. So, or a tight end in the flat. So the physicality and missing Dalvin Tomlinson, and then, you know, maybe it's, maybe there's only so much a coach can do on the defensive end to, you know, stop the run. I mean, it comes down to physicality and to being able to corral those guys and tackling. But I think that's the biggest thing is when the, when this team's been able to come back in games, they've had those defensive stops and opportunities to make plays. And when the team's running that successfully, they're not going to turn the ball over and, they're going to run a lot of clock. So that's even before you get to Pollard for 68 yards down the sideline, like that's taking the kind of the air out of the ball and not really allowing you to have a chance to even make those adjustments and try to come back, I think. So, and then you don't have your left tackle against one of the top three, you know, pass rushing teams in the NFL. So that's where for, I mean, the score, I mean, looks atrocious, but I think that it's one of those days where everything goes the wrong way for you and it's tough to respond. And we'll see how they, I mean, I already said, you know, I'm writing this game off, but what I'm really writing off is until Thursday. And let's see if this team comes back against another good defense, you know, without Derisaw and, you know, a more limited offense, but a good running game. And let's see, you know, see the response and, I'm probably kicking the can down the road and what I think about this team is going to be based on how they respond in that game. And even the next two um, home games against, you know, solid teams coming in here. Yeah. I think the, the big, (laughs) the, the telling factor will be how they respond because you've got new England and the New York jets coming in the next two weeks, new England's on a short week, both of, the Patriots and the Jets have very good defenses and good pass rush. So you, you have to figure out something. I, I said to my family during this game, this game was lost Tuesday when the game plan was put together yeah. because the the Cowboys had a plan to run the ball down our throats, Sands, Delvin Tomlinson, and then rush the passer and, and Kirk, get Kirk off his spot. And then our – our uh, rebuttal to that was we have third and three, we run the ball slightly effectively and we've got Kirk on a seven step drop and everybody's running 10 to 30 yards yes. routes and, and Kirk just didn't have time. I saw an absurd stat that Kirk was pressured on 63% of his dropbacks this to, in this game. Well, even the fumble, um, that was not a, Darius, I didn't get beat like immediately, you know, like he held up about 
as long as you can expect against a top five rusher. You know what I mean? Like, and then he mm-hmm. came through and then he chased down Kirk. So I get that it's on ultimately on Darisaw, but it wasn't like it was like, uh, you know, TJ Clemmings esque note doesn't even touch him and he comes around for the strip sack. Like, like you said, it's a, it's a long developing play on third and short. I think it's a, where Darisaw allowed two sacks early. Um, and Kevin O'Connell mentioned in his press conference that they, like you said, went through all the right procedures for concussion protocol. And it's very clear in this game that there was a hit that happened to Darisaw that caused the concussion. Um, like you said, I think the jury's still out on whether whether it should be an automatic you have to miss a game just because you're so susceptible to a concussion recently after one or whatever that research shows but that's what they say uh, i don't i mean i don't know but yeah i mean i'm not a doctor so um what do you think i mean we've talked a lot this year that the vikings have been very lucky when it came to injuries you know they catch the dolphins without tua and they stay pretty healthy for themselves but today i think you're really seeing those injuries pile up what do you think is the most impactful or I guess most worrisome down the road the rest of the season between cornerback, you've got Dantzler and Evan kind of coming back, Delvin Tomlinson, which seems to be the heart of the run game, or Darisa, which um, is your franchise left tackle? Well, it's definitely Darisa. And I mean, the good thing is, and maybe they should have game planned this anyways, even though you assume good tackle play with Darisa and Brian O'Neill, but you know, giving extra help on the edge. I think that they can go into New England, you know, planning on doing that with, you know, Matthew Judon and whoever else that the the Patriots are going to throw at you. So that's where the difference between having a week or in this case, four days to prepare versus losing a guy in the first two drives and then having to adapt from there is a big difference. Um, The good news, I mean, I think at corner you're, one of two guys coming back, Dancer and Evans. I feel like you feel good about both of those guys. So I, and those are supposed to both be, I mean, Dancer's on IR, but he's supposed to be coming back. And then Evans, I mean, hopefully by Thursday. So um, I think you like your top three there, top four with Shannon Sullivan. So, and then you get to Booth who, I mean, he was getting it picked on today, but I don't know. We've seen some bad cornerback play in the NR day <laughs> with the Vikings. So it's like, I don't feel like, I feel like he's still got a bright future, you know, like, I um, mean, he's got to figure it out, but um, he wasn't getting like burned, burned. So I'm not worried about that. Tomlinson, I think we need back, but it's, so I'm, I'm evaluating these based on severity, you know, like Tomlinson, mm-hmm. they didn't put him on IR. What is it? Three games he's missed now. So should be back Thursday or for sure the next week. Um, and then Darius is the one I'm most worried about. I mean, back-to-back concussions like that which is rare, I feel like, for alignment. Like, I don't know how those, what those hits look like, you know? Um, But he's got big guys coming in. I don't know if, I mean, someone that comes to mind is is Vander Esch. I don't think he hit him or anything, but some of the hits he was putting on today, I was like, man, that's a that's an old school linebacker right there. And talk about physicality and something the Vikings lack today in their linebacker core. So, um, you know, those hits can certainly happen in the in the trenches too. So, but it just seems rare for a lineman to go out like that with a concussion. So that's that would be my biggest concern. And he's certainly the best player out of those two. So um 
I mean, their depth at corner is not great, but I think you get one of those guys back and you feel pretty decent about it compared to, you know, where one turned ankle away from Oli Udo at left tackle. So, <laughs> yeah, which is something we definitely do not want to see. <laughs> He's better at tackle and guard. So, um, we'll see. It's yeah, not saying I, much. No, no, it's not saying much. So, yeah, I mean, that's where the, the injuries have started to catch up with them a little bit. Hopefully, they're doing their best to, you know, figure out rehab and stuff. We haven't mentioned Jefferson. The one good thing that came out of this game is hopefully he stayed off that toe as much as possible um, and he'll be all right. But <laughs> I was not feeling good this morning when I heard that he has quote unquote mild turf toe. So hopefully that didn't get any worse today. Um, but yeah, anything else on, I mean, I mean, I guess there's, should be a lot to talk about with the game today. I feel like what it boils down to is physicality, coaching, and game script kind of all went against the Vikings in this case. And what do you, I mean, what do you think about the defensive coaching? Because especially it felt like, I mean, the biggest one is the Pollard touchdown, like both Pollard touchdowns, really. It's like, we're not marking him, you know, out of the flat or like going, I mean, Hicks was trying to run with him and couldn't. So I don't know what the, it seemed like there was not a plan for them. Like CeeDee Lamb was held in check enough, but it seemed like there was not a plan for them, those running backs from Ed Donatel. Yeah, I have no idea. It just seemed like, <laughs> I don't know if part of it was, you know, Andrew Booth being your starting cornerback. Maybe you 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 toned back what you were doing before, but it, I feel like we were talking that the the defense was really turning a corner and the defense you saw those first three to four weeks was not the same defense you saw those next four to five. And now this was, this was that same defense we saw in those first couple of weeks. You know, if Dak wanted to throw a wide receiver screen on any play, he could. Um, and we were nowhere near any time the, the running backs checked out to the flat or whatever. So I have no idea what the game plan was on defense. Um, and I don't know if, you know, maybe Hicks is too, maybe Hicks is too focused on stopping the run. Granted, I didn't see him in run support more than yeah. today, but I, I, it just seemed like the running backs were not dealt with accordingly. And when you think of this Cowboys team, those are the, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. CD lamb's good, but the, you stop the Cowboys by stopping the run and stopping their, their running backs. That's where a lot of their offense comes from. Well, it's interesting to look at the two defenses, like the Cowboys defense and the Vikings defense. The Vikings are, I mean, I haven't looked at all the exact specifics on the rosters and stuff, but it feels like the Vikings are going towards the smaller and faster, especially in the front seven um, compared to, you know, bigger and stronger, maybe in some cases, especially when we look at the linebackers and maybe it's, I'm, I mean, I was just so impressed with some of the Vander Esch tackles and stops on the running game that they had where, you know, that stout of a guy in the middle is not something that the Vikings have. So do you feel like, I mean, there's not a lot of teams like the Cowboys in the NFL when it comes to the running game, those two running backs and, you know, wanting to, I mean, everyone was this week was like, Oh, Pollard is better than Zeke anyways, which, I mean, he's more explosive, but I think what Zeke does for them is really valuable. And a guy that, I mean, he had several today where it's like the blocking is not there on third and short, and he just is going to get it, you know, just by his, his strength and pushing the pile. So 
I think that that one, two punches is, is probably the best. One of the best in the league, if not, I mean, I guess Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but it's right up there as far as best running, you know, attacks in the league. So do you think that's just a bad matchup for the Vikings? And, you know, if we look at potential playoff matchups, um, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it is a bad matchup for the Vikings. As you talk about it with kind of a smaller, faster linebacking core, it, it shouldn't be. Um, I feel like the Vikings are built, and obviously the Tomlinson injury comes back up, but yeah. the Vikings are built for their interior defensive line to do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to stopping the run. And then your linebackers, uh, obviously your off-ball linebackers, are allowed to you know, drift back into pass coverage and, and gum up those those crossing routes, whatever. But I... <laughs> And, and who knows if it is on the linebackers because, you know, Patrick Peterson was the closest to Tony Pollard on that touchdown. Um, granted, he was the only person on that side of the field, but it's, it, I, I, if we're looking forward to potential matchups in the playoffs, I don't think I would want to see the Cowboys just because, you know, the, the way they're set up, it, it didn't seem like we had an answer to stop the run. And if you can't stop the run, you can't get your defense off the field. You're going to have a long day in most scenarios. So let's say best case scenario, you know, the Vikings are still, I mean, best case scenario, I would make a case. They still have a shot at the one seed, but like, let's say two seed is what we've been talking about. Vikings get the two seed and Cowboys get like the five or whatever. So they're potentially playing the Eagles in the second round. Would you rather play, for in the NFC Championship, then if the Eagles are playing the Cowboys in the second round, would you rather play in Philly against the Eagles or the Cowboys at home? I would say maybe the Cowboys at home. I know I yeah. just said the opposite probably thirty seconds ago because <laughs> um, we're going, baby. <laughs> we want to go. We want to go to an NFC Championship and get our do hearts we? ripped out if that's the way we want to do it. But um, I think there's. There's something to be said about, you know, getting Tomlinson back and and maybe you're a little better yeah. against the run. Um, but the Cowboys put a lot on tape about how what what they wanted to do today. And the Vikings put absolutely nothing on tape <laughs> about what they wanted to do today. Like so that, yeah. if you can really grind the tape, um, I, I point back to um, our first season as te- our first season as season ticket holders. The Vikings played the Seattle Seahawks at home and we got blown out. We were there blown out by the Seahawks 38 to seven. And one of Cordero's record setting touchdowns though, kick return touchdowns in that game. That's true. And he He was was, hyped. We're down by 30. So the offense did absolutely nothing. We got our one touchdown off a kickoff return, which he got his return today to set the record. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, Cordero. I'd love if you'd unblock 70% of Vikings Twitter. Um, <laughs> Are you blocked? I'm not blocked. I'm all right. I'm just but, speaking for the 70%. I'm trying to help my boys out. I'm just glad Twitter's still here. And if anybody remembers that season, the Vikings had the Seahawks dead to rights in the playoffs um, and just, I guess, didn't find a way to win. So just because you got blown out um, and, and lost by the X number, like you said, the score doesn't matter. What more matters is the response and how you get better from here. And the Vikings have a lot of opportunity to get better from here for this game. And the Cowboys don't. So that's okay. my take. 
I want to be at That's home. Good. That's a good one. Um, yeah, the I, th- I was thinking of the Seahawks game a lot today, too. And shout out to my brother, Matthias, and his wife, Anna, who went to the game today in our seats. And I'm sorry, but um, thank you for representing. And I was thinking about that game, but I was thinking about, you know, how do you come back from that? And they kind of just, I mean, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they went on a little run after that, you know, like it's, Actually, maybe maybe it was the Cardinals loss right after that, but but they went on around. So I mean, here's the thing in the NFL: every game counts for one, and people are talking about oh the Vikings are eight and two and they have a negative point differential right now. Let me just say, I don't care. So we do not care. We do not care. I like it. In fact, uh, the good news is, if you thought the Vikings were disrespected nationally before today, they are going to be under the radar the rest of the way. We could go fifteen and two. And no one's going to take the Vikings seriously. And personally, I like to be in that position. So um, that's where that's where I'm at with that. And yeah, if, if we lose on Thursday, this will be a very different talk. And actually, I'm curious to ask you, let's say these two games were flipped and the Vikings got blown out by the Bills and won a close game against the Cowboys at home. How different do you think the perception would be at this point? The perception nationally? I don't know. Just as a, or how are we feeling? I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I don't think because we won that game, like, because one counts for a win and one counts for a loss, like, and we didn't expect to win that game going in. This one was more of an expectation to win. I don't know. I just feel like, had those games gone opposite, I feel like we would, people would be like, oh, the Viking, like, you know, it's more acceptable to lose to the Bills on the road than the Cowboys at home in a way, but I don't know. Yeah, I I think nationally it'd be more accepted, like you said. But personally, I I really don't care. Um, I it sucks to lose at home, and it sucks to lose at home the way that they lost at home. Like that's not a thing that really good teams do. Yeah. But let, we're writing this entire game off. So <laughs> as as two or three things start to go really bad, then things extrapolate. The, the stat I would point out is, so the Vikings got the ball at the end of the first half and we're really trying to, you know, go down and score before the end of half. And that drive ended with a third and 20 plus, And then so did their next three, whether that come from sack, offensive penalties, whatever. Um, the Vikings just, <laughs> they were in such a negative game script that they couldn't get themselves into a third and manageable and you're just, you're never going to be able to survive that way in the NFL. So the, the final score looks really bad, but it's really just a, it's really just, it it, it got bad early and then worse and then a lot worse. Yeah. And I hope they didn't have any other injuries coming out of the game. I haven't heard anything yet, but I don't blame O'Connell at all for taking Kirk out when he did. And you know, the rest of the kind of main skill position players and stuff. So, Speaking, I mean, as I ask about the Bills game, let me ask you it this way. If the weeks were flipped, if coming out of the Washington game, the Vikings get blown out at home, because what I'm getting at is I feel like the Bills win ignited something in me where I'm now all in on this team. And had that happened this week, you know, or like had the Cowboys loss happened before that, maybe I wouldn't be at this point because we've been kind of skeptical up until this point. But after the Bills win, I was like, 
team of destiny, whatever. So that's why I'm like, kind of feel like I flipped and I'm like, I'd probably be diagnosing a lot of the things that I thought might be potential issues with this team right now um, after this loss, but I'm more like, you know, eight and two, like, you know, who's going to stop us now at this point. So, um, and that's where, you know, if another loss comes next week or even the week after, like, I think we'll have to get a little more serious, but that I feel like was when I went all in with the bills win. And now I'm like, I don't know. I've, I'm lost in the sauce to an, to an extent. Yeah. I think we're going to see, need to see a little more negative before we really write this team off. Um, right. Just because you can't, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater off of one week in the NFL. Um, you know, the, <laughs> there's just been so many, so many upsets in the NFL this year that, you know, maybe the book is out on the Vikings and, you know, they were home underdogs today at, with an eight and one record, but we're exactly where we'd like to be in regards to the national media. Now um, I hope the Vikings drop out of the top 10 in all of the power ranking. Um, and they were underdogs today. What do you want them to do? Like, Hey, that's lost. okay. The issue is I think the Vikings won't be under uh, underdogs the rest of the year, just looking forward at the schedule. So we're eight and two. The remaining schedule does look favorable. Who knows about the Jets and and the Patriots? They played each other today in a dogfight to zero, um, and they almost made it. So we'll see what happens. But um, if the Vikings get back on track, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, if the games were flipped, we lose to the Cowboys bad, and then we beat the Bills. I think I'd be over the moon right now and say the Vikings figured out all their flaws. Here we go. But um, Vikings won their first one, lost their next one, then rattled off seven straight, lost this one. Seven straight gets us to 15-2. And two, and um, the way the Eagles have been playing, I don't see 15-2 and two from them. Yeah. Yeah, th- I was going to say, though, the Vikings, you know, after that week two loss, they did basically no-show three quarters versus the Detroit Lions at home the next week. So that's where, again, the response and if you want to see anyone on a short week, Bill Belichick is not that person probably. So I think it's a good test for Kevin O'Connell. And you're going to have to, you know, game plan around your backup left tackle and everything else. So, yeah, I think, I mean, to summarize it, I feel like they went into this game thinking it the game had to go one way for them to win. It did not go that way. And then they didn't have an answer you know, or a adjustment from there. So because they, I want to talk about the running thing a little bit more actually, because I feel like they actually tried to run a lot, but just not at the right times. And something that I think has been an issue with O'Connell over the course of the season is he does not like to run in like second, third, short, third and short, even fourth and short. Like, you know, that's when they got down in the red zone there and they didn't, you know, they didn't run the ball. There's plenty of examples, you know, there was the Bills, um, drive right before half last week. There's, there's been a lot, you know, where it comes up where it's like, it's not as much how much you run the ball, but when you run the ball, I think. And I think that that's something that I've not been a huge fan of some of his choices on that. And then the other thing is the timeouts before halftime, which those three points were not the difference in the game, but that's come back to bite us a few times already this season. So yeah, overall, like not just today, but like the full season, like are what are the things you're looking for to continue to evaluate Kevin O'Connell? 
Yeah, I think we've mentioned it in the past, and um, maybe we haven't gone deep enough in it in the lack of commitment to the run. Um, I think I think the Vikings overall are are a, a good running team. It seems mm-hmm. like their offensive line blocks well. Delvin is very good still. Has a little bit of burst as seen in Buffalo. Um, still more than serviceable in the NFL, but. You mentioned the drive today, the first drive or the second drive after the turnover. It was actually second and two and then third and two that we didn't run the ball. If you look at the Cowboys today, they were willing to run the ball on third and four and anything less. Um, It seems like Kevin O'Connell is a little bit scared to run the ball in those short yarded situations when he doesn't have another down to go to. Um, And I think more than anything, it just makes you predictable. Right. Like the, the thing that is, is so hard about third and two is you should have the threat of both. And the Vikings just don't seem to have that. Um, where if you pack everybody in and play action, odds are you're going to have a, a tight end leak out that's going to be open. And they used it on the Johnny Munt touchdown a couple weeks ago. Um, but that was in the goal line. And so I seem like maybe things are a little different there, but, um, yeah, his, I mean, I think in the first half, Delvin had eight carries for 45 yards. So he's more than serviceable in that aspect. Um, but we just, obviously the game script didn't lead to that, but you need to stick with it as long as you can. You know, down 10, still in the first half, you still can run the ball and I would say need to run the ball. And I don't think Kevin O'Connell necessarily goes that route. Yeah, and sticking with the run doesn't mean you have to run on every first down, but it's like if you have a seven-yard run and you have second and three, one of those next two plays should probably run, you know? <laughs> like that's that's more... The predictability thing, I think, is the biggest thing, and that's something that they're going to have to really work on if Darisaw's out a few weeks is... I mean, they're probably not going to face anyone as good as Micah Parsons, but you know, everyone's got good pass rushers in the NFL. So those third, those third down situations where they know that they're going to throw the ball, that's, you know, first of all, you have to have a game plan for that. But second of all, you have to try not to get in those situations. So the threat to run on third down or not getting into third down is going to be really important for this team moving forward. So, I mean, we, there's not even anything else to talk about with the offense today just because it was so inept. Like, I mean, would like to see more from Hawkinson, but also I feel like he's working his way in. So, you know, jury's still out there a little bit, in my opinion. Obviously, the receivers didn't get really any opportunities. So I'm kicking the can to Thursday. And, you know, if they come out, I mean, the last Thursday night, this team, Thursday night game this team had was, what were we up in the Pittsburgh game? 27 to what? Like, and then, and then they almost lost. But uh, who knows? Who knows what happened on Thursday night? Yeah, I would say um, the only other thing I would I would point to is when things are going so bad offensively, you have to get Justin involved. And like you said, you know, he his toe should be rested. Um, because he didn't have much today, but it was five targets. Um, and regardless, he needs to have more than that. Should have been pass interference also on that. Well, yeah, but especially when you get, you know, down, um, 
unless they're absolutely doubling him, then you need to be able to find other options that can win, whether it's Hawkinson, Thielen, Osborne, Delvin, whatever. Um, but if that's not the case, then then Justin has to get the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know enough about obviously and maybe the Patriots it was a pass Gilmore anymore, but I would say what? throw it all over the yard and see what happens, as long as you can pass protect. I mean, I think, I mean, Randall's no Darisaw, but I think if you throw an extra guy to that side when you need to and stuff, I think you can work with that and still, you don't have to handicap your passing game to that extent, you know? So mm-hmm. I would expect them to come with a good plan and and go from there. But I do think, you know, one thing for O'Connell that I think is a bit of a cause for concern is it does seem like the game plans are a little hit or miss. And when they miss... It takes a long time to figure out, you know, how to move forward from there. So, you know, no, I mean, there's a lot of good coaches in the NFL. No one's going to outcoach the other team every week or anything like that. But it does seem like you can really tell, you know, I'm sure they have good good ideas, but, you know, it's hard to, you know, put those into practice sometimes, uh, especially against a, a front seven like Dallas has. So, so. It's been quite a week, you know, we, especially if we had recorded after the Eagles lost on Monday night, I don't know what we would have said, but um, we've always been like two seed is kind of where we're looking. You know, I think if you look at the last three and they go two and one, like if you told me that going, you know, going in, I would have been fine with it. So obviously the scoreboard, the only thing I would tell Vikings fans, I guess, is don't overreact to the score and people are going to trash us all week and that's fine. But they can only do it for four days because we got another game, so that's nice too. Um, but what what's the outlook for the rest of the season? I guess two seed division, you know, maybe outside chance at the one seed. Um, do you still think that that's kind of this team's ceiling or expectation? Yeah, I feel like I'm not taking a lot away from them on this loss because um, it is too you know, a a decent team that matches up pretty well with you. Um, I think two seed is where I kind of pencil this team at just because of the way the NFC has fallen. Um, But I, I, the the division is absolutely necessary unless you have a um, historic collapse and the the second place lions catch you. And I don't know Mm -hmm. the last time we could say second place lions, but um, I think the one seed is is potentially within reach just because of the way I see the schedule. Now these next two weeks are going to be very telling if the Vikings can compete with a competent defense. Um, if not, then the one seed is absolutely out the window. Um, the NFC East just have to play each other, and they're all decent. You know, the Commanders beat the Eagles. Division games are just a little different in the NFL, so. I think this team should, you know, pencil themselves in at the two seed, continue to work towards that, and just find a way to be very good in your game plan at home and then adaptable in the event your things don't go exactly your way. Yeah, I'm going to need the Cowboys to play like this when they play the Eagles later this season. Um, That would be nice. And I still think that this team is a contender and has an outside chance at, you know, 
NFC Championship, making a run in the NFC, making the Super Bowl, all of that. Um, it's clear that they have, you know, a certain amount of room for error. And if things don't go their way to an extent, you know, they're flawed, right? They're a flawed team. But you look around and I don't see a perfect team in the NFL, especially in the NFC. So that's where, you know, if you get these guys back healthy, you know, that's a good thing about the injuries that they do have. It seems like they'll all be, you know, they're not, they're not season ending um, injuries. So you're not going to assume everyone's going to be healthy the rest of the way. But um, I do think that, you know, what they've shown and I mean, it's going to be really telling because this is the, you know, they got, they got punched in the mouth by the Eagles and then they had to respond, like you said, seven game win streak, even though it took all of 60 minutes to beat the lions after the, after that game. Um, this is, you know, that times two. So as far as the score goes, so, you know, again, I'm, I'm looking to Thursday night and if they come out and they respond and they win, I still think that they're probably the, one of the two or three best teams in the NFC. And if you're, if that's what you are, then you have a chance to, you know, do some damage and who knows, who knows what could happen. So. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah. I would say the biggest thing is the way the NFC shakes out this year is there's one really good division being the NFC East. Um, and you're going to get two wild guards from that most likely. And then the Vikings. Who are the two wild cards? Out of the NFC East? Yeah. I don't believe in Taylor Heineke yet. So it's the Giants and the Cowboys. Despite what the Giants did today. Who knows? Um, But that's my thing is like, let's say the one seed comes out of the NFC East just because that's how it's scheduled right now. Then even if you have the Cowboys going and beating someone within the division, then they're going to go play the Eagles. And, you know, that two seed may end up having a home NFC playoff game. NFC championship game. So I I just think there's a lot of parity. You know, the Niners, are they as good as as they seem? Are, you know, they getting hot at the right time? Who knows? Um, But you've definitely penciled yourself in, in the, the upper echelon of the NFC, regardless of this game to Dallas. And then you just have to be good for a couple weeks in the playoffs. So number one, get healthy. Number two, you know, keep pace with the Eagles in the event that they do slip up. But um, I like this team. I'm <laughs> They're going to make the playoffs and it's going to be really fun in the playoffs. So uh, the Bills game, I lean back on that, that they can play with any anybody if things go right. Now, if things go wrong the way they did, you're going to lose to anybody. And, you know, the Eagles needed a last uh, touchdown inside of two minutes to beat the Colts today with an interim head coach. So, the NFC has, or the NFL has a lot of parity. You just sometimes have to be on the right side of it. So you mentioned it today. The Vikings had a lot of things go wrong, a lot of bad luck today. Hopefully they consolidated all of that into one game. Yeah. It's good to use all that, all that at the same time, because it only counts for one. So, I mean, yeah, the Seahawks right now would be the three seed and they have four losses and, you know, they've got a tough schedule the rest of the way. They're going to play the Niners again. Niners have four losses as well, so they play tomorrow. So was the Cowboys the toughest game remaining on the Vikings schedule? I think I think so. I think that's an easy yes. Yeah. 
especially, I yeah. mean, maybe we wouldn't have said that before today, before 325 today, but um, I mean, they, I still think I would have said that. Yeah. They've, I, I, they've been a, a popular pick for a, a real contender in the NFC and they've been a little disappointing. Dak was hurt, had some injuries and stuff, but I mean, you look at the talent on that team and there's no, no doubt about it. Um, especially, you know, their defense can, can wreck anybody. So, um, you know, a couple of nice, um, AFC East opponents coming up. And then, you know, we got the giants, um, the second place lions, you know, on the road, it's going to be tough. Um, the bears, you know, Justin Fields, but I'm not going to mention another team because they're not worth, <laughs> they're not worthy. Um, so I think so. I mean, I think so, but the next two weeks are going to be, um, good tests, I think. And even the giants, you know, potentially, especially if they stick to the run game, like that's the thing about the Cowboys. A lot of teams in the NFL can run the ball well, but they don't, their coaches don't stick to it. You know, like, I mean, the Vikings don't stick to it, you know, mm-hmm. and McCarthy sticks to it. So I think that that's where the Cowboys are a little unique and the Niners kind of are similar to that in a way too. So that's um, a unique thing and a tough matchup for the Vikings. So we're on to New England. On to New England. Wasn't Kyle Shanahan the uh, offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the uh, Patriots yeah. loss in the Super Bowl? Yes. That's so he the guy you're saying to more. Yeah. sticks to the run? Or he that's how he learned his lesson? Well, I don't know if they stick to the run or not. They're just, they have a good, they're, they're one of the teams I think of as like a run first team, you know. Yeah, I, I think I'll give you that. I think that's fair. But yeah, compared, I mean, the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are on a different kind of level on that, like the two guys. And then, I mean, they credit to them. They stuck to it today. And I mean, they have more success than the Vikings do. I'm not saying the Vikings should be the Cowboys, but it's when that's the weakness of our defense. So many teams have gotten kind of lulled into like running the ball well, but oh, we should pass now, you know, but sometimes you don't have to, you can just keep running. So that's the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I think the 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 drive that points to that is the Viking or the Cowboys had that eight minute drive. They had fourteen plays and they ran or they passed the ball three times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it like McCarthy is I would say one of those old school head coaches that until they stop it, he's going to stick with the run um, unless he needs to, and it worked out well for them today. Yeah, and it it helps to have two guys like that with. That's your classic change of pace, you know, um, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it. So we'll go from there. Um, tough one today, eight and two, um, still second in the NFC with a bullet. And we'll see you on Thursday, probably Friday, probably meh, Friday, Saturday. Who knows? No promises. We'll have a podcast for you before Thanksgiving weekend is over. Um, but we'll be at the U.S. Bank Stadium. We're coming in with nothing but hype and appreciation for the Minnesota Vikings and Thursday night, you never know what happened on Thursday night, color rush. So should be fun. Yep. Excited to see Kirk in prime time. Maybe he can <laughs> dispel a few, a few priors and uh, get a big win, get the Vikings back on track. That's the plan. Yeah. So, well, before we go, so I wanted to add this little segment um, for whenever we have a burning take to get off. Um, and I'm not going to go on sneakers because I mean, I already had enough impression on that this weekend, but um, what I want to say, so this is my Sunday soapbox is what we'll call it. Um, 
the Vikings have had a bit of a shift this week, this season, aesthetically, which is they've decided, especially in home games, to wear the white socks, white tights underneath the white pants. I'm not a fan. I think that the classic look is the purple socks, even half white, half purple, you know, like how it's kind of weird, you know, like football uniforms are kind of weird, but that's how it's always been. And I think that the white looks a little silly um, and the white is just pure, like white pants all the way down. And I don't like it. So I wish that they would go back to the purple. Um, I think that this is where I said that I like color rush and I do, but I think color rush is a exception instead of a rule. I think this is where color rush has, has ruined the NFL to an extent because a lot of teams now will match. I was watching, was it last week, Monday night was the Ravens and saints or two weeks ago. And both teams were in black pants and black is just straight black. It looked like they were all wearing black leggings. And a lot of these teams don't even have stripes on their pants anymore. And I'm not a fan. So I wish that the Vikings, Patrick Peterson's been holding out. He's been wearing the white socks, but I wish that, or the purple socks, but I wish that they would wear the purple socks with the white pants at home. Now, when you go collar rush, go all purple, everything. That's fine. I don't need to see any white anywhere. I wish they'd even do the gold on the helmet for the horn, but that's my Sunday soapbox. Um, I do not like the white socks with the white pants. So, but if it's what gets you to eight and two, then I guess I can't complain. I guess I have one question off of that. When the Vikings do go purple pants, um, you know, on the road, whatever, is is it is it purple all the way down, or do you want to see white socks at that point? You like so the contract? I would have to check the film um, on that as far as what they did in years past. Um, I do think that that's been a little bit different. Um, I think you have to break it up to some extent. I think that football pants are knee length. And I think that you need to know that when you look at them, you know what I mean? Um, so that mm-hmm. if it's a half sock, which is, I mean, so I get this weird, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing, but I wish they'd go back to that. I will say, I do like that. They still keep the purple pants in the rotation for the road. I know they don't have as many white Jersey games this year, but everybody likes the all white, you know, it's clean, it's icy, it's everything. I like the all white, but only on occasion. You know, if you've got four games where you're wearing the white jersey or six games and you're wearing the white jerseys, I would go four purple pants and two white pants. That's what I would do because I like the purple pants. Yeah, I think you you almost just set it up where you only have one pair of socks. You always have purple <laughs> socks. Well, they're not you even know, socks. They're, like, pants. they're tights, you know. Tights, yeah, whatever. I think it, it depends on the player. Um, but yeah, I think... <laughs> maybe i'm the utilitarian but uh i think you you got to set that as a precedent for the team you can't have patrick peterson doing one thing and justin jefferson doing another so just ask justin what he wants and that's what we'll do yeah i think i just think the all especially on the white pants i think it looks silly with the with the home jerseys but i feel like you get like a baseball pants look out of it and you it's it's not the football look you're going for yeah yeah. What can I say? Maybe I'm getting old. I'm old school. So um, we'll see. I mean, I'm assuming Thursday they haven't announced anything, but should be color rush. I do like the color rush for one night a year, you know, um, primetime purple, whatever they call it. That's fun. Um, so it looks good. Um, and we'll see. The last thing, since we're talking about jerseys, 
they can do the throwbacks now, new helmets, everything. I would go white, early 2000s, basically LSU jerseys. That's where I would go. I know they've done the purple before. It looks good, but I would go with the white, with the shoulder stripe, Randy Moss era jerseys. That's what it, They don't wear white at home, but I would love to see that as white at home for next year for throwback. Yeah, I would say that's the case. Um, that 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 jersey style, the early two thousands, is easily the one I want to see. Um, to go further on that, um, Kevin O'Connell's been doing his part, but get the ship involved <laughs> as much as possible um, on your good. apparel. So that that's that's what I want to see. Yeah, if if they had a throwback field, um, I guess the Wolves got an alternate court, but I don't know if I don't know if the Vikings would do a throwback, but that would look good. At midfield, the ship would look good at midfield. So who knows? But we'll go color rush Thursday night, um, as much purple as possible, and hopefully come out with the win and get to get to nine and one. So thank you, sir. And I will see you on Thanksgiving. Thankful for, for the Vikings school. Are you really? Day to day. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Let's call. In situations like this, there's only two money guys on this team. Find them. Oh, yeah, wait on Find the basic, man. 80, what you going to do today? They got my A game. You got your A game? Yes, sir. You got his A game.